Aloha. I'm Desmond Hakias. Thank you for joining us uh, with Healing with Aloha. Uh, we're in Hawaii, and this podcast is dedicated to providing grief and loss support, and also for mental health. Um, I'm an advocate for mental health, and I desire to um, empower people to share their voice and share their story and hope to um, help the next one. Okay, so I would like to um, introduce to you Alex Zapala from New York City. Uh, I, I met her on Instagram. Um, on Instagram, she's Grief Uncovered. She's going to share what she is pursuing right now um, as a psychotherapist, and she has something coming up um, in the near future. Um, but with further ado, um, this is Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, would you like to share with them um, what you're pursuing right now um, briefly? And by the way, she's a writer. And if, you, if you're not following her, please follow her. Okay. Yes. Um, so I have been running my platform on Instagram primarily, a little bit on Facebook, but mostly Instagram called Grief Uncovered. Um, since about, I think it'll be about a year this June or July. Um, it was really just, it was more like an online diary and I felt like I needed to get a lot out there about grief and I hadn't ever spoken about it very um, publicly, even just in my, in my personal life um, with friends and family. It wasn't something that I talked about too much. Um, and I was preparing for my wedding and I was experiencing a lot of renewed grief for my parents yeah. who died when I was much younger. And um, I, I just needed a place to go and talk about all of that. So I made the account. And then over time, I started connecting more and more with other people who had lost um, family members and friends. And um, it really drove me to keep writing about it. I've always loved writing, but I had never combined it with talking about grief. Right. So it was something I just wasn't ready to do. And something just changed and I had to write about it. And it was kind of the only thing that I was interested in writing about. Um, and yeah, so I've been doing that. And then I'm also, um, in grad school right now working on Woo! my degree. So hopefully <laughs> I should be finishing that in the spring of 2021, but who knows with everything going on, um, yeah. COVID, you know, when, when that'll all happen, but, um, doing that. And I'm also, um, working on my first book. Yes. And I'm excited to support you when you, when you launch your book definitely I, I look forward to reading it um, can you tell us what uh, what inspired you well not necessarily inspired you like what made you realize that this was important for you to just even start um, sharing on Instagram and Facebook like why was it important for you because uh, you know up until this point you've gone through life what made you have the courage? Because that's something I really tell people, you know, share your story. It doesn't have to be like how you and I, we share a lot on Instagram and Facebook, but share your story, even if it's in person, because um, you give people permission to, to do the same. Um, so what gave you that extra ounce of courage to, to go forward? Because it probably was in the back of your head, like, oh, maybe I should, you know, what inspired you to start writing? I would say that a lot of it had to do with feeling that um, I live in such a grief illiterate culture. It's mm -hmm. just not 
something that people talk about and um, people have such misconceptions about it until it happens to them. So from the outside, you think that grief is something you experience right after a death and then it eventually just completely goes away. Right. Whereas no. really it doesn't work like that. And it, it sort of um, just continues to kind of like ebb and flow throughout life, I think. And, you know, I hope that if anyone is experiencing um, constant symptoms of early grief, which can look a lot like major depressive disorder and not able to get out of bed or eat and very low energy and depressed mood, they would seek some um, assistance with that. But, but those, those same feelings of grief, the constant missing them, um, especially around milestones, feeling kind of cheated that you've lost them, I think that that never really goes away. Um, even as we continue to have happy and productive lives. So I, I think that what inspired me to start sharing was just, you know, partly frustration about how misunderstood it is. And that was why that wedding planning process triggered so much grief for me, because not only was I having to face that this wedding was going to, it was going to be so blatant who was missing. Not only that, but along that um, process, I had to continually tell people that my parents were dead. Because um, they were asking you, oh, is your parents coming? Yes, it was anytime I talked to, mm-hmm. I was very fortunate and not, not everyone um, has this when they're, when they're planning their wedding, but I actually had planners, um, a team of, of two women and, um, and, you know, they bring in other people like you meet the officiant or you meet, you know, other people who were involved in the day. And they ask you, you know, okay, so your dad's walking you down the aisle. Okay, so your mom's coming to the dress fitting and having to constantly address that and say, actually, no, actually, no. Um, And even though it doesn't, it, I'm so used to saying that to people. It's not that it necessarily hurts to have to say it, but to be met with such awkwardness, people don't know how to respond and kind of freeze up or they are like overly, overly apologetic. As yeah, because they, they feel guilty for even asking you. Yeah. They, they feel guilty as though, um, you know, as though they just reminded you of something that is not always on your mind. Right. Um, so that was, I think, one of the biggest driving forces is that it does feel good to me to share my story. And I know that not everyone is going to do that on a platform, nor should they feel pressure to, but yes. even just, you know, even like you said, just one person in your life that you, you know, you feel like you can share it with. And that's why I always encourage people to ask their friends about somebody that they've lost because yeah, given that opportunity. I told, well, okay. So initially when uh, my sister died, it was hard to see pictures. Mm-hmm. She died in 2001 and she was only 23 when she passed away from a vehicle accident. It's, it's painful, you know, like your heart hurts and you just, I couldn't. Um, but then as the time passed on, like, I love the pictures because that was that song, you know, you keep your love in a photograph, like it's frozen in time. And that's how I felt looking at her pictures. People don't realize that when they come up and they're like, ah, I really miss your sister. There's this one time and they share a story it helped me because I felt like, wow, somebody loved her the way I loved her. Or, you know, like she made a difference in someone's life. Mm-hmm. And I tell people it's okay to ask about their loved one. It's okay to share 
a funny story, a positive story, whatever, because then it 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 says they're still alive. You know, you yeah. need the love. You know? Yeah, and so they're not anymore. People. Right, they're not anymore. Um, they're not more gone than they already are. We can kind of keep some pieces of them. Yeah. And like you said, with even, you know, I usually think about it like my friends, because because my parents died when I was so young, I've made so many friends since then mm-hmm. um, and had so New many friends. They don't know. You have to reintroduce to them. Yes, they've never met them. So it's it's nice to, one, be asked by those people, what were they like? Or like, you know, can you describe them or like mm-hmm. some memories? And then also to be, um, to have people who did know them to bring them up and share memories. Cause that, I don't even think that people realize how much that means to us to hear. Oh yeah. Cause the, your, your loved one is going to show a different side of them mm-hmm. to them that you, you didn't even know. Mm-hmm. I have my tissue cause I am a crier. So just in case I start crying. I love crying. Um, just as, um, so, Alex, can you? I know, I I know the story about your parents. Can you um, let them know what happened to mom and dad? Sure. Yeah. So when I was eight years old, um, my dad was diagnosed with esophageal cancer, um, and he um, it was very rapid. Um, he had a stroke not long after that, and this was all within a three month period. So. Um, he died about three months after his diagnosis. So there was never any treatment options. It was just palliative care. Um, and it was me and my mom and my older sister, Brittany. Um, and my mom was his, you know, caretaker in that period of time and was just so devoted and focused on taking care of him and taking care of us. Um, so she was, very wrapped up in that and you know probably had no idea what was happening in her own body and about 11 months later she was diagnosed with breast cancer so she um she had a longer battle it was about five years Mm -hmm. um off and on she went into remission came back um and then she had a pretty i mean as i recall it it's very hard because you're trying to remember things from such a different age and it's very foggy, but, um, I think that it was a pretty aggressive and quick decline from when she started noticing some concerning symptoms. And I think she was given, um, a month to three months um, to live. And she died a week after that appointment where she was given that news. Wow. So that was, that was pretty shocking, even though I had lived with her being sick for so long. Five years, yeah. Shocking. Yeah, and when that happened, I was um, two weeks away from turning 15, so I just started high school. And your sister, how old was your sister? So my sister is 11 years older than me. So oh, that was, was she even in the house with you and your mom? She moved back in a month before my mom died. Okay. So then... Wow. So technically she would have been like away, but then she returned home to help take care of mom. Yes, she did. And then, um, you know, that was such a gift to me because I didn't have to move out of my house and go to a new town and go to a new school. I had a very, um, 
I don't want to say easy transition, but like the easiest that it could be like circumstantially because sister, your sister was there. Yeah. And she could be my guardian. Um, you know, and then we kind of just, I think that we were just so focused on going forward and just getting through that, you know, I completed high school and then I moved to New York for college and it was almost like we had never stopped and just talked about like, what happened here? Like, we just were so driven. Yes. Cause it's just, you don't know what else to do other than just keep pushing forward. Um, and so I feel like we talk about it probably more now than we ever did because we've just had more distance to reflect, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you guys are just surviving day to day life. You know what I mean? When you go through something tragic, because you had a one week, I mean, I know, like you said, you had five years. Well, when your mom passed away one week after the fact, they said one to three months. That's that's a tragic event. Mm-hmm. Anything after that is like planning the funeral and then living life. And, you know, life goes on. And I think uh, your ability to share now, it's because you can. You're in survival mode all those years. And maybe you had a hard time accepting it. You know, um, yeah, it, I mean, what's your denial and shock? I don't know. It, it took me right. years. I think that, you know, I was, I was fortunate that I was able to, I was able to get connected to any resources that worked for me. So not necessarily, you know, this will be the case for everyone or that it's something everyone benefits from. But, um, I mean, I'm a big proponent of therapy because I am <laughs> training to become a therapist, but I did go to therapy when I was in high school for, from that moment on until the rest, until I graduated. Um, and it was really helpful for me just to have a place to go and just talk about whatever was happening with me, even if it wasn't really directly related to that. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that I was doing, I don't think in those sessions I was doing a lot of like reflecting on what this meant for me. And, you know, I think even that was just still in survival mode. Um, but it was a very helpful piece of it. I think I, I, you know, I had accepted what was happening, but I don't think it was until I, you know, graduated from, I don't even think it was until I graduated from college that I really sunk in just how much they were missing. Because I think in some sense, when you, the, the longer you go on without them, you can feel even further and further away. So it's almost like the idea of getting older or, um, like reaching new milestones is scary because it's like a just widening yeah, the yeah. yeah you you just did the best that you could with what you had and I think as people got to know you the questions popped up and mm-hmm. then that's when you relive it mm-hmm. this is what happened and da 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 you know and then life if you, you, you tried you did the you just kept going and then you step back and you're like, okay, now you can look back safely. Yeah. And now you can talk about it. Because mentally, you, if, you, if you, you didn't allow, if you grieved in the middle of all that, maybe you didn't think you could accomplish what you did. I don't know if that makes sense. You know, because you went to yeah. college and, I mean, you were in plays. You were active in high school. Like, I read your article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. Involved. I think that was, I think, what I needed. Um, I think I needed to, the best thing that my friends in high school could have done for me that they did was just to treat me like I was just like them and that my life was just like theirs, even if it wasn't. 
Um, but that's why it's so hard to, you know, I'm very, I don't give advice on my Instagram. It's because of um, ethical concerns with being a counselor and training. And it's kind of like a tricky area. You're not really supposed to be giving people direct advice. But beyond that, it's so hard to because everybody's process will look so different. And I think that it's, it can be really hard to like force a certain path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that I just had to, you know, whatever, what seemed to work for me was just kind of pushing through, making space for my feelings, but also just kind of trying to stick to some sort of routine of normalcy. And then over time, I became more and more able to reflect. And that, that might not be how it looks for somebody else. It would be totally different what works for them. So right different for everyone. I think um, like with your Instagram, because, you know, I follow you on Instagram, you, the way you uh, share it, it's more of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not imposing upon you to do this, to heal or to do that. Um, it's it's more uh, transferable depending on the person and where they're at in their life and um, they're grieving. It's not judgmental. Yes. I try to make it very take it or leave it. Um, These messages aren't ultimately people are the expert of their own experience. So, you know, if somebody's following my account and reading the posts, they might have certain ones that just hit the nail on the head and are so exactly their experience and others that are like, nope that's not it and that's fine that's that's how it is yeah no I I I love it and I get it because you're you're studying to become a psychotherapist Mm -hmm. and when you when you're in that realm you you're you're not to tell people how to be what I found that because I have other friends that are therapists um, it's basically giving people permission to um, come to their own conclusion and their decisions yeah, it's their journey. Yeah, and I think that's that's a difficult thing for people because some people expect that you're going to walk in the room um, and everybody, there's so many different styles of therapy and there are some that are much more directive and some people want to go to the expert who's just going to tell them what to do. Um, and that's often <laughs> that's not, not how it works. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's what I found, like, because everybody has a different style but I'm fortunate to have um, hooked up with people who don't see it in that light. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's about like their self-discovery and we're not like here to fix you, but we're just here to guide you. Yeah. And I, I just shared something recently about um, the difference between presenting our stories and telling our stories. And I think that, you know, therapy is one place that you might have the opportunity to tell your story. You could also find that with a close friend who's emotionally available and can hold space for you. Because I think that we get so used to, and I wonder if this has been your experience too, where you kind of have like a script of your, who died and how they died. Um, a kind of quick, like, I could, like, I, I spent a little more time giving you some more details today, but I could have just as easily gone. Um, my dad died from esophageal cancer when I was eight, and my mom died from breast cancer when I was 15. That is something I've delivered over and over and over again. Yeah, because, you know, yeah, because be depending who, the relationship, mm-hmm. you're, you're not trying to make them feel bad for us. It's just, right. they're asking certain questions. Here, let me just clear the way. This is it. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So how are you doing today? You know what I mean? And it's, it's, 
far-fetched, but I think it just depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, I think the first time that idea got put on my radar when I was, I was, um, I was on my first date with my husband and he was asking me questions about my family and just really trying to get to know me. And I was trying to like go around them. Um, and, um, we met on an app, so I didn't know him at all. And I wasn't sure where this was even going to go. So I didn't feel the need to divulge all this. Yeah, you're like, that's a little deep for me. (laughs) Right. So I was, I was kind of trying to get around it and it started to feel really phony. Like I was actually almost like blatant. I was like lying by omission. Um, and that felt a little strange to me because he just kept asking certain, Um, Oh, what about this? I wanted to know you. Yeah. And so I just told him, um, which is like, a very um heavy topic for a first date but it was you know maybe that's what part of what's made that relationship work so well is like we didn't have to stay on it too long um he obviously wasn't too terrified of hearing Uh that um but it's rare it's rare that we have opportunities to do that and I really value my friendships um where I have the space to do that and really tell it and not um just give the bite-sized version yeah, it, it feels um, safe and it feels great to have people like that. Um, like we were speaking earlier, it's like the white elephant in the room. Uh, some people don't like to talk about grief. Uh, people they love that they lost. But then there's some people who are comfortable with talking about those people. And so just navigating what what people are comfortable with and like mm-hmm. you said, that's why you've learned how to deliver your story in bite size and more expanded, depending on who you're engaging with, because not yeah. everybody wants to engage on right. such a important, to me, it's an important conversation, mm-hmm. but I think it's, it's, it's healthy to be able to express it. Um, I went, so when my sister died, um, I relied a lot on my faith in God and church, what I found was hard is people in the church I was in, they were so young. They they hadn't lost family members, like not even grandparents or parents, the people that I was close to in the church. So it was as if my sister never died because I lived on another Island. And the people who asked about how I was doing was teenagers. Cause I was in the teens ministry, but the adults never asked like, Oh, how are you doing? You know, do you miss your sister? and stuff and like you said it just really depends on where people are at in their lives and their ability to want to like to to want to understand like how are you doing now that you've lost someone you love you know and it you know it's it's important um, because I don't know about you do you find that when you're growing well you're lucky because you were you had a it sounds like you had a group of friends that cared about you and they, they loved you through it. You know, um, you feel like when people um, are grieving, they feel so isolated. Is that what you've been finding as you started posting on your Instagram? Cause you know how you've lived your life, but do you find a common denominator of how people feel after? Cause everybody's there like, okay. Oh no, they died. Okay. Let's plan the funeral and people come out and show their, their support. And then maybe they trickle after, but then all everybody goes back to life. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, okay, wait, did this even happen? Yeah. Like, I, I, think- ha- I was at the funeral, it happened. But then like, it's like right. this big performance, mm-hmm. the funeral, mm-hmm. and then life goes on. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that funerals in some respect are for the other people who weren't around that person um, or like near the time that they died um, to give them some idea of closure. I don't think that for the immediate family or people who are very, very close, there's that exists really. Um, but yeah, I think that isolation is the, I think that is the reason, I think it's something we all experience. And I think that's the reason why there's this growing grief community on Instagram. Um, cause it might seem like an odd topic to be sharing about on social media. Um, and I know that I used to think that if I talked about it on social media, I would somehow be like cheapening it or, or making it into something um, it felt, it felt strange to think of things like branding with social media and grief and combining these things. But I think that the reason why it's so, um, people are so excited to talk about it on social media is because there is this sense of isolation. Um, you're not getting the support from your direct circle. So you go out and look for it. And it's kind of, I think one of the really, for all of the internet's faults, like one of the greatest things about it is that we can connect to each other. Um, and I think that my experience with the, that isolation aspect was definitely there. My friends were, um, you know, they treated me like, just like them. And, um, you know, it wasn't something that they had the um, emotional bandwidth to talk about with me. They were kids too and hadn't experienced it. Um, so I think that was great that they, you know, I, I, I'm very appreciative that I had like a nice group of friends in high school but I still felt alone that whole time. You can be with people and still feel alone. Yes. Um, even looking at my friend's parents who still had their parents and thinking, you know, how could my friends understand if these adults can't understand what it feels like? Um, and I guess that's, that taps into a whole other issue, which is, you know, can anyone understand what it feels like unless it's happened to them? And they really can't. So I guess we're, what are we asking for? not asking for people to know how it feels but to just, shoes. yes uh, just to try to lend as much support as they can yeah I think you're right Instagram um that's where I hang out mostly at Instagram um I have Facebook um I have people I've known longer on Facebook the Instagram I find people who are new to me that um I resonate um I can relate to because I, I tend to be a little deeper than most people <laughs> about my feelings and what I'm going through. And so when I'm coming across, I think I, I found you through another Instagrammer, mm -hmm. um, but it was about grief. And I just feel safe because they're non-judgmental and everybody's at different levels in their grieving, but they're in tune with that. And they're on a different level in their grief. And I love it because it's not something I can talk to people about on a day-to-day -day. because everybody has their own priorities and I can't impose upon you. This is what I'm feeling. But when I, I can have dialogue uh, discussions in a, in a safe manner with other people on the, on the Instagram, it, it feels good. It just feels like, okay, it's not just me feeling this type of way. I, I really miss my dad I miss my my sister or whatever um and then to be able to just be a support because when someone says um I I really miss them or I feel alone I I wish I could go back um, there I 
I understand, mm -hmm. you know, and I think sometimes I feel like people need to know that they're not the only ones. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and that's it. Like they don't need advice. They don't need to be judged. They just need to know, okay, so it, I'm, is it me or this? Like, can I, I just sit in it? Just sit. I, I, I encourage people when you're ready, lean into your feelings. It's like when you go to the beach, there's waves. It comes and it goes, it comes and goes. But if you can learn to lean in, like when you're really missing someone, if you want to cry, cry. It's okay to cry. Um, if you're a parent and you have children, when you go shower, cry in the shower because then you're already wet and then, you know, it's like you're cleansing yourself. Uh, but to lean in. Um, because we're in a society where people feel like if you cry, it's like you're breaking down and it's not good. It's like, what is the harm in you crying? It's not hurting anybody. It's right. their way of their frustration, their sadness, their, mm -hmm. their anger, whatever. It's, it's releasing it because you're just going to keep pent, like keep it pent up. It's just going to build, 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 but mm -hmm. just let it go, you know? Yeah. And I mean, when you said that, you know, we sort of, they were like kind of encouraged to not do that. I think that for some people that it's so explicit where they might have people around them who are actually saying to them, you should be getting over this, which is horrible. Um, and I think even if that explicit discouragement um, isn't even part of it, there's still this like implicit implied sense of you should be over it even if they're not directly telling you that you should be um it's still there because we're expected to you know think about maybe how people are expected to go to work or school right after um you know i'm sure that that varies but um yeah there's there's just an expectation that that all of those feelings will go away and they really won't so i, I do think that people people more than they need advice need do need to just know that it's normal and that they're not alone in it even if they feel very alone and to know that they may have very unique elements of their own experience and that some of those elements are shared do you find uh, that sometimes it's not you want someone to say anything like do you feel like sometimes you just want a body next to you like say if you go to the beach because you're missing your family you don't necessarily want them to say anything. You just want to sit next to you while you sit in that moment and let it pass through. Like, mm -hmm. do you feel that that's something you found that has been helpful that you encourage people to, because some yeah. people are scared. They, they feel guilty. They can't understand us. Yeah. Know? And I, I, I have definitely told people in my life who maybe, um, I can sense them kind of rushing in to come up with something to say um, that it really doesn't matter. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing that could really be said um, that I think that yeah, just having, just having somebody who's not afraid to sit down in that with you um, and not rush in to come up with like these brilliant, insightful <laughs> words of wisdom because and that's, that's the thing is nobody will ever really, um, especially if it's early on in the grief or like not long after the loss, um, people won't even really remember 
what you said. I can share that in my experience with therapy um, after my parents died. I don't, I don't recall a single thing that my therapist said to me in the room. Um, I'm sure she made insights because that's something that therapists can do after a while of working with you. They can start to kind of like pull out some ideas about what might be going on. Um, I don't remember a single thing that she said. I know she was wonderful and I really appreciated just having somebody to talk to and that was it. So I think that works the same way on a personal level too, just between friends. I think it's important, like you said, to tell like, if anybody who's listening or who's watching this video, if you're grieving, to let your friends know, I don't want you to feel bad for me. Um, I just need you here and just chill with me. You know what I mean? I, I'm just having a hard time, but don't feel like you have to fix me or, you know what I mean? Um, right. I, I, I had um, a time after, I think it was after my dad died. Was it? No, was it my grandfather? Um, oh, wait, trying to think that. Um, and so I, I moved here from Japan. I'm from Hawaii, but I moved here back in 2009. The year I moved back, my grandmother died um, from a health. She, she didn't wake up from her sleep. That year I got divorced. A couple years after that, my dad died unexpectedly um, from being in an accident. Um, the year after he died, my grandfather died. And so it was just a compounding of different situations that came up. And there was a time when I would have to call my friend for like a good, a month or two, because I had so much anxiety that I didn't feel I could go to work. Like every day I would have to just call her and be like, she's like, hi, Des. She's like, good morning. How are you? I'm okay. You know, and she literally would be on the phone with me while I got ready for work because I had so much anxiety to just even get out the door, you know? And, but she understood because I was going through so much. I was grieving and, and that helped me a lot. And people don't realize like the little things add up and you, it doesn't have to be cosmic. Mm -hmm. you know? It could just be a hug. It could just be a smile. It could just be, hey, you know, you want me to, you, you know, do you want to go do something? Or just them being there like, every day calling her and she understood you know she didn't judge it she was like it's okay it's okay and gosh hearing somebody tell me it's okay that I'm having a moment of anxiety helped me to calm down but just having support like it doesn't have to be like spectacular and you don't have to have lost someone to understand to be a support it's just sometimes you just need to feel loved Yes. And I don't, I think you'll never forget that. Um, like I was saying, you know, you don't, maybe don't remember like these insights that people make about it or, um, you know, perfectly worded word like statements. Um, but I do think that, you know, when somebody, when somebody shows that caring, that really sticks with you. I have, um, a couple people who consistently remember, um, my mother's death anniversary, um, who, I was friends with at the time when my mother died and I think that's part of why she knows it and she and I are not friends who talk on the phone or text even that often um we don't live in the same place but she always remembers mm -hmm. and I and I let her know that doesn't go unnoticed because most people don't remember even people that I talk to on a regular basis and that's okay and I don't hold that against yeah. people but it really like 
it's it just stays it just stays with me and I I notice Echo. that she remembers yeah yeah it, it it's a it tugs at your heart in a good way mm-hmm. you know yeah. and like like we said it's not something that everybody wants to touch and it's okay it's okay right. um sometimes people are so young they've never experienced losing a family member that they're close to um mm-hmm. do you find uh, giving people permission that it's okay when you lose someone you're gonna feel pain in your heart like it's a physical thing the grieving process um that it's it's normal because it i i try to like the easiest way to explain when my sister died um she nobody had to say goodbye to her because she was in a vehicle accident but i felt like my heart shattered in a gazillion pieces and when when you know like glass when it breaks no matter if you pick up the pieces and you try to glue it back it'll never be the same um i try to explain to people that when you love someone it's normal to feel pain you know because they they like what is going on you know what i mean and like you said depending on their relationship with that person because when someone dies each each relationship is going to be different and you can't judge it. Like, Oh, I'm surprised I don't miss this person as much as I miss that person. Right. But, um, you, it's going to be different. That makes sense. I think you kind of understand what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I do. I think that grief is very physical. Um, that's something I actually haven't talked too much about, but I have some, some definitely have some thoughts on, I think that, um, especially in that very early grief, there is such a physical component um, that's almost, I would say, just as present as the emotional part, um, and sometimes even more so. I, I remember feeling um, very different in my body when my mother died. I think for a lot of people, it can manifest in eating, um, either overeating or undereating. Yeah. You know, for me at that time, it was undereating. I could lose somebody else tomorrow, and it could be overeating. Um, but that was, that was, you know, the idea of nourishment and even trying to get myself to do that was such a challenge. Um, and again, this is why I've always cautioned these things by saying if something is persisting and it's detrimental to your health, like please, you know, talk to somebody in your life about it to seek some help. But, um, you know, I do think that's the normal part of it to, to have it manifest in low energy, um, finding it really hard to get yourself out the door. Um, and then I think that when we talk about those waves of grief that come up, they're not just emotional waves, they're also physical. And I think that over time, it just gets a little bit more and more dull. And then when you have those waves, it's kind of that like swelling, and then it goes back down. And it's not as hopefully not as prolonged as it was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was reading that you're saying that grief, it's, it's a, the journey, it, it keeps going. Because, like, some people have the impression that when you grieve, it's just going to be like, okay, we're good, we're good, we're good, you know. Uh, but in the article, you, what you, you learn, like, with um, the loss of your parents, that it's a, it's an ongoing journey. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that- is that what you try to explain to people? Because some people just want to be, okay, can I just move on with this? <sighs> you know, it's like, mm, you know, it's okay. Like, it's an ongoing thing. You're, you know. I try to be balanced in my, my explanation of my experience with it because 
I do have um, people come to me and, and follow and reach out sometimes to, to say why they're there. And, and um, they'll be in that very early grief. The, the death will have just happened. And they're already seeking resources. That's awesome. And, yeah, I know. And um, I am so careful about these messages of it's never going to go away because I don't want to give people the impression that what they're feeling and experiencing right then is going to look exactly like that forever. Um, it's more just that pieces of it stay with you and come and go. Um, and that's what I think the journey is. It doesn't mean there won't ever be happy moments, but it'll just all kind of blend together. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that, you know, the stage, the five stages of grief aren't very helpful to, um, they might be helpful to read about because we might identify with certain, certain ones, um, but they could be totally out of order. There are probably so many others. Um, yeah. So. It's a perspective too. the, the stages of grief. Um, I spoke to my friend and she's a grief educator and, and she, she, she worked with hospice care with children. And then she, she had lost, um, her part of her wife, her, like, um, she had like wives that had died. Um, and she, she had to learn how to process it. But she said that, that, that diagram, the stages of grief, she's like, you know, that is, that does not apply. You know what I mean? Um, cause it, yeah, she, 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 she broke it down to me and I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll let you know who she is later. You, you, you'll like her a lot. Um, but she travels and she explains to people about dementia and about um, grief. But yeah, so people look at that, that stages of grief and they're like, okay, where am I? You know? And I explain to people like, okay, people think you're going to grieve. So this is you in life. You're going to grieve. You're going to go downhill and then you're going to come back up like that. I was like, no, grief is like, you're going like this and then you're going to go like this. You know, you're okay, you know, and then, because life happens, and things trigger, and things happen, and you, you, you roll with it. Uh, this year, September 22nd makes 19 years since my sister died, and I love my sister, and I miss my sister. I, I, I'm okay, but some, certain times when I'm talking about it, like, I, I can easily cry and break down, but does it mean... I, you know, I'm not okay. No, I'm okay. It's just, it just depends where I'm at. Um, I overcame the, the guilt of being alive because I felt like, why couldn't it have been me? You know, she, she was such a great person. Um, so it's hard. Cause like I'm 19 years in, mm-hmm. but when I meet people who are in the beginning stages, I, I, I still can remember certain things that they're going through and I just want to love up on that, encourage them, support them, support them, support them uh, because everybody's different. I just know that it took me years, like years. So I only launched a podcast last year and it was like at this, when I was at 17 years going into 18 years because as much as I wanted to talk about it, I didn't know like if I was ready to talk about grief, like how you started your Instagram, I was like, oh, like, am I ready? And, and it's in a way like non-judgmental, it's just to, to show support. Um, right. But I think it, it it's going to look different. Everybody's going to, it's just, you know, some people just want like, no, can you explain it to me? So then like, it, it's not like, oh, it's not that easy. 
you know, yeah. but just know that you're normal and I'm here. If you have any questions, you know, but like, it, it's okay. Um, I, I don't know, just find people like you and then the, we have similar people we follow. It's it, good. You need that. And if, if Instagram or even finding a blogger, Mm-hmm. I joined a support group, a group support group that we, I don't know if you guys have a hospice um, care um, there. Um, some of them have um, support groups for people who are grieving. I encourage people to, I mean, right now it's, it's harder because of the pandemic, but I really encourage people figure out what, what helps you and works for you. It could just be a trusted adult. It could be your best friend, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and keep in mind that people go through stages too. Maybe they, now they can support you, but they're going through something they can't, you know, but it's not you, it's right. just them, right? Yeah, it really is just about finding things, accepting that it's a journey and that it's not going to be over right away, um, or maybe ever, um, but just finding things along the way to help you get through those those intense moments and waves. Yeah, depends on like where you're at in life, it, it, it varies. Right. Okay. Oh, let me see. So, is there anything particular of you wanted to share that you you feel like you didn't get to touch upon um, in our discussion? I don't think so. This has been really great. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I still it's appreciate refreshing. these opportunities so much. Anytime I have a chance to talk to somebody about it, I'm really, really grateful for that. Well, I look forward to um, keeping in touch with you because. Some of the things we talked about today is not something I've I've even talked to people about in real life. I mean, not like it's not in real, like you know on social media, but um, not able to talk deeply on this level, mm-hmm. you know. And and it feels good because we're not alone. Um, sometimes the people you connect with is not even in your state, your country, and it's okay. It's okay. Like if your connection to someone else helps you, regardless of where they are, that's all that matters. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so what is the best way for people to find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram at Grief Uncovered. Um, that's primarily where I am right now. I'm okay. working on a website. Um, but if they go to the link in my bio, they can sign up for my email list. Um, and I'll be sending out more writing there too. Yay! And then your book, you're in the process right now. Well, We'll say 2021, but if it comes out before then, we'll we'll be like more than. <laughs> I'll be your. We'll see. I'm not rushing that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, and um, I just look forward to keeping in connection with you. I deeply appreciate you a lot, and I only wish you the best. And like I say, congratulations on your two years being married. Thank you so much. And thank you for your work. This show is such a beautiful tribute to everyone in your family. Okay. Have a great day and I'll see you soon. Thank you. Aloha.